You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. You Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slate podcast. And today on the show in the guest chair, we have with us Yasmin Williams-Woods. Yasmin Williams-Woods is a Christian speaker, writer, YouTuber, and founder of Bible Beauty Co. She encourages women through electrifying messages that equip listeners with actionable motivation anchored in biblical truth. She is a wife and mother of four with a bold passion for Christ and rich knowledge of God's word. Through her company, Yasmin desires to empower women to possess the fortitude to conquer all of life's demands by leveraging the courageous love of Jesus. She's on a warlike mission to help women lead lives that are proof that love conquers all things we face, feel, fear, and stand in faith for. Let's welcome Yasmin to the show. Yasmin, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so blessed to be here. Like, I'm excited, truly. I am so excited that you are here. You are doing some amazing things. But before we get into it, I want you to tell me a fun fact about you that's not in your bio. Okay, y'all, I am so completely lame. So I was like, I don't know anything fun about myself. But I asked two of my best friends. One said, reminded, well, not reminded me, but um, was like, you love giraffes, y'all. I am obsessed with giraffes. And my other friend mentioned that I am a secret chef. And I think I'm going to go with that, though I've stated too. I love to cook, though I don't talk about it often. And it's really just because I love all things home. I love making people feel welcomed and loved. So cooking is one of the ways that I do that. I love that. And I love that you went to your best friends because sometimes you know, we don't see what's in us, but other people can see the things that God has just so naturally put in us. So that is absolutely amazing. I love that you love to cook. I I can cook. I don't love to cook. My husband is like a lover. He loves to cook. I love to host. So we balance each other out. Yes, that worked out perfectly for sure. I was my friend who said that is an amazing cook. So when she said I was like, okay, well, thank you um, that you noticed. But yes, Our friends definitely see us or people looking outside oftentimes can see us more so like God sees us than we see ourselves. Right. So that is important to check with the people around you. Yes, definitely. Now, Yasmin, let's get into it. You are a speaker, a YouTuber, and you're the founder of Bible Beauty Co. Now, what led you down this path to becoming all these great things? Yes. So, okay. First, y'all are going to realize that I talk a lot. I guess that's why I'm a speaker and a YouTuber. But to put it as succinctly as I possibly can, when I was a very young child, I told my mom just randomly, I had no context for what this even meant. But I told my mom I wanted to be a motivational speaker. God literally orders our steps. There is life and death in our tongues. 
Y'all put that out there again, no context. And as God would have it, um, he put me on this path of just school and education, being a teacher and doing theater. I majored in theater through high school and college. And then YouTube came about because, so I said that to say, it's always been in my heart. Although we say things when we are kids and we forget about it, or we get away from the very essence that are us, because I said that and I never again thought about it, you know, for years, for decades. And then as I was in education. I then started to serve in ministry. And during that time, different ministries or organizations would have me to come speak. And I I loved it. And I knew it was something that God was doing in me and had anointed and gifted me to do. And it got to a point where I was like, what do I do with this? Because like I needed to start a business because the requests were pouring in glory to God. And so from there, a friend mentioned, y'all, it's so important to have good friends. You're going to hear me say friends throughout this. But a friend was like, you need to start a YouTube channel. Y'all, God will perfect your strength, his strength in your weak places because I looked at my friend like she was crazy because I do not do technology. I've done theater. I don't do the camera. I had all these self-conscious things about being on camera because of some auditions I had done in the past and just some rejection that came with that. I'm like, I can't do, I can't do technology. I can't do camera, but we can do all things through Christ. So I started the YouTube channel just as a way for more organizations to realize that I provide this service of speaking or of teaching God's word is something that I do. So getting from YouTube to now Bible Beauty Co., I still am a YouTuber, but am also now the founder of Bible Beauty Co. This happened because through my work as a speaker and as a YouTuber, I've met some phenomenal women who are powerhouses, who pray, slay, plan, all of the above. I mean, and so with so much anointing. Yet, these are the women that we seldom get to hear from or the women that we seldom see on the main stage platforms. These are the women who are making impact in their smaller circles, but you know God has, God wants to do more through them, that God wants more lives to be impacted. So with Bible Beauty Co., it really birthed, was birthed out of a space of like, no, there needs to be a collective of all of us, female faith-based entrepreneurs who provide like products and services to help women grow in their faith. We need our own space, very similar to, you know, your Daily Grace Co. or your Proverbs 31 Ministries and even Lifeway Women, but a space where you see more diversity. And um, I'll say this before you pose your next question, but, you know, our mission is for dynamic women to share the gospel in diverse ways. So the co is because we are co-laborers with Christ. So it's not just me and my show and I do this, but it is all of us working together as one body. I absolutely love that. And I just want to go back first to when you said what you mentioned to your mom when you were a kid, you said you wanted to be a motivational speaker. I think as kids, we are so innocent and we are so still in tune with God without having the world come and knock any sort of ideas that we have down to shift us or try and put us in a box. And I think that it's one of the things I want to highlight because even when I'm talking to women, a lot of them, you know, we get to a point where we feel like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and I don't feel right. And I always say, you know, go back to that thing that you loved to do when you were a child. 
Yes. That that is when you were, you know, before the world defeated you, before people told you, no, go back to that thing. I know when I was, uh, I want to say three or four, I told my mom I wanted to be a judge. And I was so certain on that. And I'm a lawyer now, so I'm working my way towards that. But it's funny how God, you know, he formed us together in our mother's womb. So when, and he gave us purpose from the time we was born, right? So at that time, when we're younger, we're so, I feel like we're so still connected with the original, original thoughts that God had for us before we get thrown anyway. But God has done absolutely amazing to move you to to hear you you wanted to be a motivational speaker and then you know you moved on you like to talk I love to talk girl I love that <laughs> and you went on to starting a YouTube even though you had no technological background I feel you <laughs> my goodness <laughs> I feel you but like you said having good friends around who who will point you in the right direction and then you know mu- moving on to Bible Beauty Co dynamic women sharing the message in diverse ways. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And we need more of that in this space. So I'm so thankful that God impressed that on your heart so you can create space for other women. Glory to his name. He's so good. and He's so faithful, you know, and there's just so much alignment too, because you are doing similar work with with your podcast. So I, I love divine connection. I love his divine will and his divine plan. And you said it when you talked about how God formed before we were in our mother, formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. And, you know, Jeremiah later says, or in the book of Jeremiah, it later says, I have a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future. Like God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Also, God is the one who knows his perfect plan for you. So it's right. We have to get back to that space of before, like you said, before we were impacted by the world. I always say on my YouTube channel how purpose is our protection. And I believe that if as if as kids, we would stay in that space of like, this is what I love. This is what I enjoy. Then we would stay in a place of perfect protection because we are therefore then operating in our in our God-given purpose. And real quick, y'all, I already warned you, but, uh, and I'm just reminded of this now, thank you, Holy Spirit, but Psalms 37 and four, God will, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our hearts. So it's like, as kids, you're so joyful, you're so innocent, you're so pure. And there's this delight there. And it's in that space that God is able to give us the things that we are to to desire. It is there that he places desires in our hearts, like to be a judge or to be a speaker or a business owner or a mom or whatever desires it is that one has. That is so true. And, And I think, you know, just us making sure that we spend that quality time with God. So those things that were once very evident to us that have faded away that he can bring it back to us. He can show it to us. That makes so much sense for us, for us to do and try to incorporate more time in that secret place with God. So he can give, he can, he can remind you, he can say, you know, remember when you were a kid mm-hmm. and you, you like to stitch up your dolls and, or whatever it is that you mm-hmm. like to do. So that is so important. It's important. Now, Yasmin, you, you also focus on helping women conquer life with courageous love. What is courageous love? Woo, yes. Okay, y'all, Holy Spirit literally gave me that. I am obsessed with alliteration and and I'm crazy about all things love, all things love. 
And I want to help women live a life of faith. So this is, God gave me this prior to Bible Beauty Co. And it just fits so perfectly because I really was in a season where I was trying to get through some things and and navigate some tough spaces in life. And I will remind, I was reminded that one, we are more than conquerors through Christ. And, and God was just like, you can get through this, but it's going to require courageous love. And he began to reveal to me what that is. It is simply like, there's no greater love than God giving his son, Jesus Christ. And then from that, Jesus giving his life on the cross. Like that is courageous love. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave because of the courageous love that he showed on the cross. So if he can conquer death, hell, and the grave, truly I can conquer anything that this life throws at me if I am operating from a place of courageous love. And so it is a matter of, it, it reminds me of Philippians 1 and 21 of to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Meaning that when I die to my flesh, my opinion, my perspective, my selfishness, my entitlement, my woe is me or my frustrations, my experiences, my biases, when I die to all of these carnal things, then I live. But in order to die to that self, your flesh, just as Jesus died, we got to love courageously. Like that takes courage courageous love, courageous sacrifice, courageous selflessness in order to do that. But when we do, I'm telling you, we will get through any and everything gracefully and in a way that is glorifying to God. Does that answer your question? It sure does. It sure does. So courageous love is something that we should operate in, in our daily lives. So I want to know, how you managed to conquer your life using that same principle of courageous love. Yes. And it is a daily thing. One, I just want to make sure that that's clear. It's not something that it's not a one and done. We are constantly dying to ourselves because God is constantly revealing himself and ourselves to ourselves. I it's, it's the whole the work that God started in us, he will perform until the day of Christ Jesus. So we are constantly, until Jesus comes back, we are constantly dying to ourselves or in other words, learning to love courageously. The way that I do that or the way I've done that and it shows up most significantly is in my marriage. Earlier, you asked me how you know I started the YouTube channel and I took you through that journey. But when thinking about like, what am I about to get on here and talk about? It was clear to me that I needed to talk transparently about my faith. And so I, I went, I love Jesus. I grew up in the church. I like sold out for Jesus. I became a mom when I was a teenager. So there were some wayward years in there for sure. But glory to God, I never got too far from the cross. I've always loved Jesus Christ. And once I started to submit my life to him for real, for real, it was like everything was just working out. I had this opportunity and this job and this promotion and this relationship and this and that and that and here and going here and doing this. And so it was just like, oh, if you check all the boxes and do all the things that you're supposed to do as a Christian, then your Christian life is going to be perfect. It's going to like everything is just going to work out because you are checking the boxes. But then I got married and married my marriage 
especially in the beginning, was a whole hot mess. And I was like, God, wait. I started flipping through my Bible like, God, wait, this ain't, this ain't. And excuse me, if you, if you are listening because you watch me on YouTube, you know, this is how I talk. This ain't what you talked about, God. I'm like, I haven't read this verse. I haven't studied this passage. I haven't heard this sermon. Like how do, I thought everything was supposed to be perfect because I serve the one who is perfect and nothing was perfect because through that, God was revealing to me that I'm not perfect. Only he is. And so I had to get concrete about my faith and what it meant to be a woman of God. So I started going through like, okay, God, if you say submit to me, what does that mean? What does that look like? If you say pray incessantly, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does dying to my flesh really look like? And I started to, instead of focusing outwardly on my husband or people around me or the things I didn't like. And instead of thinking about like, but I'm so perfect and I do all these things and I love Jesus and I serve God and I'm, I've been told I'm beautiful and I'm intelligent because I went to this school and I do all these things. I really just started to look at my filth and look at my mess. And I talk about this a lot on the channel is fixing my 50. And this is getting to the concrete response to your question is courageous love as one of many examples from my life has looked like fixing my 50. Meaning in a marriage, you got two people who we both bring 100% of ourselves to the relationship. However, the relationship is one whole, meaning I'm 50% of it and my husband is 50% of it. Now, his 50% can be jacked if if that's the story and the journey. But I can't control that. All I can do is control my 50. And when I started to focus on my 50 and my mess, if my husband never had done another thing, then at least 50% of my marriage got better. And and what fixing my 50 looks like, it looked like me dying to my flesh. It looked like me worrying about the plank in my own eye and not the speck in his. It looks like me getting over my my entitlement, my just frustration and anger. It it yes, conquering, conquering or courageous love for me in my life is most evident in my marriage, which has just taken some dying to my flesh. Wow, that is a great example. And I think marriage is a way where you have to die die to your flesh, definitely. But you can also find that same need to die to your flesh in your work, in your mm-hmm. relationship with your boss, in your relationship with other family members. And you said it beautifully. You looked, you focused on you and what you could do better and how you can come into alignment with what God has has said over your life and what God has expected you to do and not worry so much about what the other person is doing, which I think is important. But you also said something there that I had a conversation with somebody um, recently about thinking you know, us thinking that if we are obedient, if we follow God, if we are reading our Bible, we're doing all the things that we think we should be doing, like you said, following all the rules, quote unquote, that life will be perfect and without any sort of strife. Mm -hmm. And I believe personally that that's just not life Mm -mm, at all. We Life could be beautiful, but the Lord, there's there, there's God and there's always an enemy, right? And an enemy is always going to attack the things of God and you are a child of God. So in order to disrupt you from doing 
everything that you're called to do, he is obviously going to plant things that will take you off your path. So I think it's important to remember that even Jesus, (laughs) who followed all the rules, we go back to the original, followed all the rules, still did not have an easy life. Amen. We all have, as, as, as the Bible says, we all have our individual cross to bear, mm-hmm. right? There's something that we need to carry. And on this journey of growing, of self-reflection, of learning things that we could do better and improve on, on our walk, when we start learning those things about ourselves and cleaning those things up, we also learn how to help other people do the same. Yes, that's and it. I, that's and I think so, that is so important because our journey, our testimony, our test in itself, I personally believe it is not just for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went through it. Yeah, it may have sucked while we were going in it. But once we got out of it, we were able to talk to other people and save them from doing steps one through 10, exactly like we did. hmm And show them that there is a better way. There's something to be learned here. Not only did I come out as a better person and I learned something from this process, but now I'm able to teach you and you can take what I've taught you and do even better and go even farther and and touch even more people that you're assigned to touch. Amen. And that's discipleship, right? Like you're, you're absolutely right. We don't suffer for our own sake, you know, to suffer with Christ is to live with Christ. So like we're suffering as a part of this journey of this path, this love story that he is telling through our lives. So yes, we go through for someone else. Jesus went through for, for us. And I mean, we go through for ourselves and our own freedom through Christ and him, you know, purifying us, but ultimately it's, it's for the body. It's for everybody else. It's, yeah, I just I just love him. I could talk about it all all day, just how he has transformed my life and how we or how I enter. And this has impacted me in my marriage, like you were saying, marriage, friendships, job, like every my relationship with God, even because sometimes I was side eye God, like, what are you doing? Why aren't you answering my prayers in the way I want? But specifically to to marriage, I'm just reminded that is not we think about happily ever after here on earth. But we know that as women of God, we are building our lives on things eternal. Mm-hmm. And and God wants us to be happily ever after, after, you know, Jesus comes back. It's so much bigger than here on earth. And I think once we realize that, man, we, we'd be so powerful, we'd be so loving, so kind, so compassionate, so graceful, we would be able to shine so much light on dark places. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. And I I just want to link it to something that we also talked about on last week's episode of the podcast. When we're going through our test and when we're teaching, you know, and we're we're teaching or we're helping other people, we only have to worry about those people that God has put in our our vicinity, right? Our our area of the vineyard, the, the people that we're connected to, because those people will then help 10 more people and they will help a hundred more people. And that's how it went. And and I think the, the story from last week's episode is just Jesus taught the disciples and then they went out, right? There were 12, yes. taught them, they went out. So we need to sometimes worry about those who we can actually physically touch first and then move mm-hmm. from there. So I just wanted to link it to that because I think it's so important. I find it so beautiful how God will connect different episodes. So let me move on with my questions, girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell me. 
What do you think is the biggest issue that you see women face when they're dealing with love or trying to use courageous love? Okay, first of all, this question makes me cringe because I'm like, I am not like I can talk about love, love for Christ. Right. But love in general, I'm like, I am not qualified. However, I, I will say this. And that's that's a lie of the enemy. We all have our qualifications and we are approaching our 10th year of marriage. And I've learned a lot. So I will say I will say this. I think it's false expectations. Going back to just my own experiences or experience, I'm thinking about happily ever after and what that looks like from a societal perspective, from a fairy tale perspective and all this indoctrination that we receive as women, whether it be from movies and media or from the church itself. They're just false expectations. I think especially in this day and age where we're all about the soft life. We are all about, you know, women are empowered, rightfully so. And I I just cringe sometimes when I hear my peers talk about, you know, their expectations of marriage, of it just being this perfect thing. And he's going to do X, Y, and Z. He's going to accept all of me and love all of me. And we're going to get along 100% of the time on everything about everything. And I think that's beautiful in theory. Well, I don't even know if I would go to say, go as far as to say that's beautiful in theory, because I believe that there is value in the tough, in the rough, in the hard places, right? But I understand the desire for perfect love, but there's no perfect love besides Jesus Christ. And he suffered, he went through even in our relationship with him, we we suffer, we struggle. So I just would pray that women married, single, wherever we are in our, our friendships, wherever we are in any of our relationships, that we would be realistic about our expectations of life. I guess I'll, I'll say this too, before we move forward. I I had a quote and I can't recall it verbatim, but it was like, most of my hurt and my brokenness, most of my pain stemmed from unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. So I reached a point where the only thing I expect is for God to be God. And I think once we make that shift, there will be so much more peace, so much more growth and hope, honesty and transparency and reality. I completely agree. False expectations. I, I, I hear. I hear you. And right now, well, where I work, I have some of the next generation <laughs> behind me, and just hearing how they even think about dating, what yeah. their expectations are, what their experiences are when they're going out to try and date, and it's just like, wow. <laughs> and I can see how. Fairy tales has painted a story for women that we try to live up to. One of the things that, you know, I experienced when I was in my dating season, I had, you know, we all have a list or something in our head, right? We want this, 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 you got to do this, 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 this. And I had that initial list and I had to let that go. And what I replaced it with is after doing some research is a list of what God says a man should be. Amen. And the qualities that are in the Bible that a husband should have. So instead of looking for 
I don't know, six, five and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the qualities. I'm looking for long lasting love. I'm, I'm looking for so many things. And, and, and I had a prayer because there are some things that I prayed for that are not necessarily qualities. Like I prayed that my husband would love to cook and <laughs> yes, he loves to cook. And I appreciate that. that, which is great. But what I didn't remember when I was praying is that I did not think that loving to cook would equate to so many dishes. <laughs> yeah. So I had to, you know, learn how to take care of my 50 mm-hmm. and calm down at the fact that just because he loves to cook doesn't mean he loves to do dishes and there has to be balance. So I think we should manage our expectations. And I think one thing that will help manage expectations for those that are around us, especially when it's coming to love, is for us to have more real conversations of what it's actually about. hmm what it actually involves, the good, the bad, the tough, the ugly, what it actually involves to commit to someone and be with someone. Yes. You've said so much. It's so, it's so true because I love you. You mentioned the good, the bad, like all love and all of its facets because love is beautiful. It is rich. It is luxurious. It is so many aspects that the soft world culture talks about, but it is, it can simultaneously be difficult, challenging. There are obstacles to navigate. Their life happens. And so we, I I don't know, hearing you say that makes me think too, just going back to how I got on this journey of, of ministering to women, because it's the same with our faith life of like going back to you know, my, my walk of like, I thought it was going to be so good and great. Look at Holy Spirit. I'm so serious. I never thought about this until this moment of like my marriage in many ways mirrors my faith walk with God of like, I thought if I do all the things, then it's going to be perfect. And it's not how it works. You know, that commercial is not how any of this works at all. So we do have to be honest about it, or we're going to continue to see unhealthy relationships or we're going to continue to see relationships in and people fail to develop communication skills along the same lines. We're going to continue to see people fall from the faith, fall from faith, which is, you know, absolutely not what we want. So we have to communicate honestly about what this looks like. Yes, I completely agree. And I think it's also important because from even what I'm hearing from the people who are younger than me or the people who are, you know, seeking love is that it's so much easier nowadays to be in a situationship Mm. than it is to be in a relationship. Nobody is wanting to commit or rather be dating 10 people than one, even though I think one person and learning one person is dedication. It's very much dedication. But I think if we can come together as as women and really just talk about well men too i wish men will come together and talk about it for real for real important yeah for real for real that space for sure they definitely do need that space but while we're talking to mostly women who listen to the podcast for us to come together and just have some realistic discussions what christ wants us to look for and how Christ wants us to respond when we're dating and how Christ wants us to be as wives and not just think about the one word, you know, submission and that's it. No good. It, it's, it's so much. And that would be a whole different podcast episode altogether. 
Yes. Um, before you move forward, I love a couple of times you used the word commitment. And before getting married, I think so many of us have heard this. Like, what's the number one piece of advice you would give? And so often it's always like communicate, communicate, communicate. I have learned that commitment is more important than communication. If you want to talk about the longevity of a marriage, because I have to be, or any relationship, I have to be so committed that I'm willing to communicate even when I don't like it. And even again, that's what friendships, but even in our relationship with God, like there are days where I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it because I'm in my feelings. And I'm mad and I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I'm let down. I'm in waiting season. And I don't want to communicate. I don't want to commune with God. But I'm so committed to living my life for him. And I'm so committed to who he is as my savior that that level of commitment extends beyond the moments when I don't want to communicate. So again, I just appreciate you using the word commitment and just want to echo or emphasize the importance of commitment even beyond the importance of communication. And hopefully you're so committed that you will communicate when it's hard, when you don't feel like it, when you don't think you should have to, all the things, commitment, commitment, commitment. That is so true because commitment is what's going to keep you in it. Mm -hmm. When you're feeling good about it, when you're feeling bad about it, when you just had an argument when you, right. you know, you just not even had an argument. You just fed up for no reason. It's the mm-hmm. commitment that's going to keep you in it. And it's the commitment that makes a difference. One of the things my husband and I discussed when we were dating was love being, yes, you can fall in love, but love also being a decision that you wake up every morning and make. Right. A decision, an active decision. I'm going to love you today. Even when I don't like you, mm-hmm. I'm going to love you and I'm going to honor you and I'm going to respect you because that is my commitment to you. So I think that is very, very important. And I think that should replace the communication as being the number one thing that people should think about when they're entering into any relationship and definitely into marriage. Yeah. And what you said is what you just said is courageous love, right? Because I don't feel like it. But and I'm in a mood, but I'm courageous enough to push past that attack of the enemy or that spiritual warfare or whatever it might be. You know, I, I think it's an attack, a trick of the enemy because he doesn't like unity at all. But I'm s- courageous enough to to push beyond that. I'm courageous enough to submit my flesh, to submit my my carnal desires. Mm, I love that. And, and since we're talking about, you know, that being an act of courageous love, what are some other obstacles that courageous love can help us overcome? This is so cliche, but I, I think absolutely everything. Like, again, going back to through courageous love, Jesus conquered everything, including death. So I believe through power of Holy Spirit, the power of Holy Spirit, we too can conquer everything when we tap into that level of courageous love that that Jesus showed, that Jesus 
taught us like Jesus was not just courageous on the cross, but he was courageous throughout his ministry on earth where he was, you know, where he was persecuted, where he was lied on. The biggest thing for me was that he was misunderstood by the very people who walked with him, who talked with him, who served alongside him. Because y'all, I do, it drives me crazy when people around me don't get it. How do you not understand me? We spend so much time, but through all of this, Jesus Jesus overcame, he endured, he he prospered, he thrived, he he did perform miracle signs and wonders. He he taught, he led, he blessed, and he gave his life. So I just believe that we can conquer hurt, trauma, pain, our you know, the parts of ourselves that are that are wicked, that are still earthly. We we can conquer a lot of things. And I know we were going to talk about like how to tap into that. So I'm First, there are two two scriptures that I think speak to courageous love. And that is first Philippians two and three. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in everything, consider others better than yourselves. And I'm going to be really transparent. As someone who was a quote unquote model student, as a, sur- a surviving or a survivor of perfectionism, when I first encountered that scripture, I was like, wait consider everybody better than me, but God, I've been placed on this pedestal and I'm so great. Like, and God's like, ma'am, no, you're not. But it is having to do that, having to literally consider others better and to not do anything because that's your selfish desire. That's your, it's going to impact you in some grandiose ways or whatever. Like, that is how we begin to tap into courageous love. And then Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Going back to what we talked about, about false expectations, the world says that I have to have someone who's 6'5", who makes seven figures, because it used to be six when I was dating. Now, women like, nah, I want seven figures. Um, and you know, it has to be this house and this bank account and this place and this physique and whatever list and things we create when it's like, does it really? Or like you said, is that what God says it should be? And we're not just talking about men, but in everything in life, let me not conform to timelines of this world, to standards of this world, to expectations of this world, but let me really submit my mind so that it's transformed by what God says and what God desires for me. Wow. You just spitted a lot of gems there. A lot of gems, a lot of takeaways that are absolutely great that we can apply not only to our our normal relationships when we think about love, but our other relationships as well. And I think it's so important for us to tap into our courageous love in different areas of our lives so that we can continue to die to ourselves and become more like Christ day by day. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that's going to happen day by day because as we evolve, as we get older, as we pick up more habits, good or bad, We still need to learn how to submit ourselves first to Christ and learn how we can let go of some things, dig through our stuff, clean up our stuff and work in that way. Now, Yasmin, this has been such a great conversation. And I know those those 
Purpose Chasers listening to us are going to want to know how to connect with you. So please tell us how we can connect with you on social media and how we can get, you know, connected with the Bible Beauty Co. as well. Yes, um, I would love to. So first thing, if you head to my website, which is currently yasminwilliamswoods.com, then um, you can shop Christian Woman Resources there just to help you grow in your faith. And also, you know, stay in tune with what's happening as we transition into like fully launching Bible Beauty Co. And on social media, it is Yasmin underscore Williams Woods on YouTube. I want you to go subscribe, go subscribe. If you need a weekly word, if you want concrete ways to live out your faith, then head to YouTube. Again, it's at Yasmin underscore Williams Woods. That's the same on Instagram and TikTok. There is a a Instagram for Bible Beauty Co. However, it is under construction and will fully launch on April 7th. I don't know when you're listening to this. You might be listening to this years after it is released. But if you want to head there, it is at BibleBeauty.co. Thank you so much, Yasmin. And of course, Purpose Chasers, as you know, everything Yasmin just said, all the information will be down in the show notes. So you can connect with her there and let her know that you heard her on the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. Yasmin, thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Purpose Chasers, for listening. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast. Or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire. 